the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm here with Ace W, our financial expert, uh, and uh, myself, Dottie Herman, uh, the real estate expert from Douglas Selliman, and we're with Dan Sater, who is my favorite and I think most knowledgeable credit coach uh, from nationally recognized credit expert and credit coach, credit scoring advisor, and we were just in the process of talking to Dan about people that can just, if you know, you go on the phone and someone says, can you hear me? And you say, yes, well, they're recording your voice and they can use that. And he was talking about voice recognition that somebody can really kind of get your voice and kind of duplicate it. I mean, it's just very scary. Uh, but, 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 Sam... I don't know how we're going to protect ourselves. I guess it's just part of progress. I mean, take the good with the bad and hope that if you get a crazy message from me, you'll know I really didn't send it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, could I ask you, um, what's the big problem? How big a problem are mistakes on credit reports? Because most people, I don't think, check their credit. I think they might if they're thinking of buying a home. And even then, we find, I, Ace can tell you, I find that a lot that really waits until the last minute. Uh, what's the, how big a problem are mistakes on credit reports? Oh, well, mistakes are, are a huge problem. Actually, there's three areas of mistakes. Uh, they're the actual mistakes that can occur at any time by people putting in the information. I had one client just recently who had uh, a collection account for $1 million and $1. And usually you don't find people running up debts like that unless they're very wealthy. Uh, it turned out it was totally wrong, and we went after it. Uh, but, you know, if that gets calculated into uh, uh, somebody applying for a mortgage, that's going to create problems and delay you. And that's why it's so necessary for people to check their credit reports at least once every six months uh, just to see if there's anything that's on there that that might be a mistake, uh, accounts they don't recognize. And it's real easy for accounts that you don't recognize to be there. Uh, They have a thing that they call mixed files. It's somebody else's information that gets put on your credit report. Because the way the credit bureaus and the algorithms are set up, when somebody pulls a credit report, it searches for 13 characteristics. If it matches four of them, it goes on your credit report. And it doesn't have to match completely. 
All they look for is the first two letters of your first name, seven out of nine of your Social Security number. Um, if you have the same street number and a street address, well, already you got four items that matched. It goes on your credit report. And I find usually it's, it's somebody who doesn't have as good a credit as you had originally. Yeah, they said that I see that there's a, a, the fe- there was a report by the Federal Trade Commission, and they found that 26% of consumers discovered at least one pe- potentially material error on at least one of their three credit reports. And, uh, yes, and the big problem was that the Federal Trade Commission also found out that they, when they did a study on this, that um, the bureaus discourage people from continuing to dispute something that was actually inaccurate. And they discouraged about 53% in the one survey. And I know that uh, after a number of years, I think 70% of consumers believed their files were still erroneous. Right. And, and Dan, before I let you go, and Dan will be back because there, you can never really have enough information on credit. Um, but mistakes in your credit file... That's a hassle. But even if you're not buying a house, if you don't know it, can't they result in you paying much higher interest rates? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, periodically, most companies nowadays check your credit reports. Mm -hmm. So if all of a sudden you get somebody on your credit report or through identity theft even that puts on some negative accounts, they can either close down your account or raise your interest rates or lower the amount of available credit that you have just because they did a periodic study of what your account was reporting. Yeah, so really, it's really important. And Dan, thank you so much. You're such a wealth of information. And let's again, we're going to post it. So if you don't get it, but let's give us the site again. And you should go and go to Dan's site. And and you want to give us the yeah, that's credit scoring. Yeah, credit scoring advisor dot com. And if anybody wants to reach me, they can reach me at creditguy at yahoo dot com. Creditguy at yahoo dot com. And if you reach him, whichever one's easier. I am telling you, everyone should go and have their credit checked, even if they're not buying anything at the yes. moment. Just my thank you so much, Dan. I have, I can't wait till you come back. I have, a, you know, you're just a wealth of information, and our listeners love you. So thank you. Thank oh, thank you, and I, I enjoy it myself. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, now we have a. As I prepared, we have a, a great show for you today. We also have Michael Conte, which I told you in the beginning of the show. And he is the principal, although Mike's firm handles all kinds of insurance. We were especially concerned about flood insurance because there have been a lot of articles that waterfront property is not selling as high as it should because people are afraid of all the all of the flooding insurance, of all the floods. And truthfully, if you live anywhere in the tri-state or in the islands. There's water all over, yeah. and I know they dropped my insurance. I don't even live on the water. So, uh, Mike, thank you for coming on. Uh, my, my pleasure, Dottie. I, I, I uh, just don't know. I don't hear you so well, but I'll do my best. You, you don't hear me? Um, can you uh, hear me now? It's a little now? bit better now. <clears throat> all right. We're trying. I think we might have a little system. Can you... You can hear me. So when you, when you talk about flood insurance, okay, and we seem to have 
some misconceptions and some real uh, problems with flood insurance getting it. And a lot of our clients will ask us, okay, how, you know, what's the insurance going to be? Is Am I able to get it? And it's not necessarily only that it's on the water. I mean, is there any rule of thumb that uh, you could tell us? You know, that's a, this is a very interesting question that you brought up. And in, in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, what we... Uh, uh, in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, what we realized is that just because you're in what we consider to be a flood zone uh, doesn't mean or what uh, that you must or must not have insurance. And we had plenty of claims from people who said, "Hey, we were you know we're not even in a flood zone." Well, here's the news: everyone is in a flood zone, and you just don't know when a flood is going to hit. Flood can hit because the property three miles away was redeveloped, and now the waterway that took the water in one direction is now redirected at your home. So getting flood insurance is, is not only for people who are in clearly identified flood uh, areas, but I, I think people in low-lying areas, especially today with all the new development, they're even at more risk than, than traditional because they're just not even aware of it. So how would they find out? Would they call like? Because I know I'm I'm in a flood zone. It's like maybe a mile and a half from the water, so they consider that. But how would somebody would would somebody could call you and you would tell them? Uh, because a well, lot of people who are not close to the water, even though most of us are somewhere near it, uh, right? And and I think uh, the first and foremost, you need to find out what flood zone you're in. Okay. And. Uh, that's the first thing. And then you got to use a little bit of common sense. So if you sit there and you say, well, you know, I'm only, you know, 2,000 feet from the bay or, and I'm not in a flood zone, which, by the way, can happen. Don't ask me how, but according to the maps, it can happen. You know, you, you got to use some common sense. And, and here's the bottom line. I don't know one person, uh, including myself, that actually likes to pay insurance premiums. So, well, you know, people uh, just say, uh, I don't want to pay for it. That's it. I'm not buying it. I don't need it. I'm not in a flood zone. It's very easy. Well, it's very easy to say that until something happens. And, of course, yeah. you know, you can insure yourself for just, you know, so many things. And you say, uh, well, wait a second. I mean, how much insurance is too much insurance? But I believe... Uh, since we've had, you know, if you live anywhere, uh, basically, like you said, close to the water or a bay or in lowlands, uh, you know, it, it's worth doing it because you don't sure. want to wait till a disaster. Now, when you can you give us the exact? So when it's flood insurance, what is that covering? Flood Opposed insurance. To- it, it covers damage to the building, and it covers contents above the lowest floor. Um, and, and that's a whole, you know, there are articles and articles on this because it's very common for people to finish the basement, right. redo the entire basement. And, you know, the only thing that's covered down there is the boiler, the, the building equipment, and all of the contents that you put in, your television, the couch, the carpeting, the drop ceiling, all of this stuff is never covered if it's, if it's in the basement, a lot of people just don't realize that. Now, <clears throat> can you pay extra for that, or it's just not covered? No, it's 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 not available. Oh, it's, it's not, just available. not available. And that, and unfortunately, that leads to a lot of problems because when there is a claim, well, what's going to get flooded first? The basement. basement. And uh, then people are saying, well, you know, my flood insurance didn't pay for anything. 
Well, it, it pays for the, the household, you know, equipment, any damage to the foundation, damage to the structure. It pays for new electrical wiring to come in. So it does pay for a lot, but unfortunately we pay a lot for, you know, the theater seating that we put in the basement and the, uh, the you know, the giant TV that's not covered. Uh, and, and you get a lot of resentment in, in that arena, but you have to be informed. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's good to know. So that's good to know because I really didn't know that. So they cover everything of flood insurance above the lowest floor. So what if you don't have a basement? Look, what if it's a, a home that is like has no basement? Like on Long Island, there are plenty of homes that uh, I think there are right. 11 so homes. Right, so then they take the base flood uh, amount uh, 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 calculation, and then it's above that. But it's typically the, the lowest floor above your base um, above the lowest floor above the flood line. So it could be, in some instances, the second floor of your home. It would be covered for contents, whereas the stuff in the, you know, the, the flood line would not be. So it, it's very, uh, very tricky. Uh, it, it's, it's very important. And let, let's say that it's very okay, important. Okay, so Michael, so would somebody, I mean, how would somebody find that out? They would call up you and uh, you would tell well, them yeah. or look up, the, you, you say they have to know their flood zone well, area, but well, how would I know? What we do is, when a, when a customer calls we, and, and we, we start talking about flood insurance, we, we get a flood zone report, and if it gives us a flood zone report in, let's say, for example, X, X is the best zone that you could be in, well, we can rate it right there. If it, you're not in an X zone, we need an elevation certificate. The elevation certificate will tell us the base flood line. It will tell us the you know the, the lowest floor above the base flood elevation. But do you get there, that from people? I don't know how many people have that handy. I mean, I don't. Well, when it, whenever you're buying a house, you should probably get it from the prior owner. Um, if he hasn't had it, it's probably the best money you could invest. Okay, well, you know, let, let, started... let's stop there because, truthfully, you know, I've been doing this my whole life, and I don't know too many homeowners who've ever given me an elevation thing. So, so you're saying, so, and I don't think most people have them. Um, so it's, it's something I didn't even know to have. And, I, you know, I'm pretty knowledgeable. I lived... On Long Island, a lot of my life, so certainly there right. was hurricanes and water and all that stuff. So you're saying, if you don't have one, you could get one. Well, you need to hire an engineer to prepare to prepare the document. Yes. Okay, so that's a that's a whole. Just, I, there, do you have an estimate of cost of that? You know, or it depends on the uh, house. Well, the engineer the, the engineering costs. I mean, I've seen them go. You know, anywhere from seven hundred to you know fifteen hundred. I, I I'm not an engineer, but but, yeah. but but you you need to make some phone calls and find uh, well, out. Well, we'll have to. You know, you know that's a good question, and I, I I really don't have so much knowledge on that. And I said I grew up and I lived for a lot of my life on Long Island. So I'm used to floods and I'm used to hurricanes and I'm used to all that stuff. So I, uh, I think for one of our shows, we'll get a little bit more information on that because I'm not that versed in that. So, but I do know that when we had Katrina, uh, and when we had, the, when we had, uh, I had, God, even I was wiped out. But what I know is a lot of people had to rebuild and some of them were not covered because some of the damage wasn't flood damage. It could be wind damage. Right. So do you need two different insurances, and you can tell us the differences? You know, the, the, the con the, the, I'm going to throw this word at you, concurrent causation, and, and it's something we fight with all the time. <clears throat> 
But for windstorm, you definitely need uh, your homeowner's policy, and you need to know what your windstorm deductible is. That's another giant thing. Most people don't even look at it. That's but true. Wait, example, say that you, again because we have a lot of listeners, and I want to sure you, they make they hear this because you're giving such good advice, and I agree with you. You're saying that you should look at your homeowner's insurance and see right, what... And, and find out what your windstorm deductible is and understand that it's a percentage. But it's not a percentage of the loss. It's a percentage of your dwelling A coverage. So if you have a 5% windstorm deductible and your home is insured for $500,000, your deductible will be $25,000. And now let's make it more complicated. Some insurance carriers use the term hurricane deductible, and they will only impose that deductible upon a named hurricane. Other insurers use the term windstorm deductible. That is any wind event. doesn't have to be a named storm. So it doesn't have so to be a hurricane name. Right, like, right. It could just be you got a lot of wind and you had damage. Yep. I mean, I've had trees yep. fall down and all that stuff. Yep, yeah. exactly. And, and people, you know, they, they shop for homeowner's insurance all the time, but they never ask this question. Uh, and it's one, especially if you're Long Island, uh, you know, shore, coastal, coastal yeah. properties, most likely Jersey will sustain shore. a windstorm loss before a flood event. So are you saying, because truthfully, we aren't knowledgeable about that as we should be, and I'm the first one to say it. And um, th- that's why this is really good information. So you're saying that those people should really get that information and really speak with a professional like yourself so right. that they know what to get on their homeowner's insurance. Right. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this to you. I think any homeowner needs to know what the windstorm deductible is. I'm sitting here in North Jersey. Let me tell you, we've had some windstorms that, you know, are just incredible. So uh, we, we have a windstorm deductible on our home, and uh, it it's really affects everyone, especially as we talk about climate change. Well, climate change just doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be hotter or colder. It also means that activity is more severe, including wind. So, okay, so, so now let me ask you this, okay, because I, 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 so if you have wind, and again, there's always exceptions, but if you have a wind, uh, you have wind insurance for windstorms, and it doesn't have to be a hurricane, it can be just bad wind. Now, what if you have a hurricane, and uh, you also have wind so well, you still we, need the flood yeah. insurance is what I'm saying. I mean, you can't yeah. have one without the other. I mean, maybe that's sure, just because, a good point. Because, you know, you, you get into this, the, the water most likely comes up because the wind is driving the ocean, and that's why you're seeing, you know, such high tide levels, all right? So that's where flood comes in. And we've had, you know, down in, we, we insured a bunch of homes down in Rockaway, Breezy Point, and the right. water came up, and then the wind blew the roof off, and... You know, what you had a windstorm claim for the roof, and you had a flood claim for the, for the goods on the lower floor and the foundation. So it was actually two separate claims. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I was, I had a lot of damage and not, and was out, no electricity. And I, after that, I, uh, 
got a generator. I was out yeah. for like two yeah, me, or three me weeks. Me too. <laughs> I said, not again. No. Well, first of all, it's so boring. I don't know what people did hundreds of years ago when they could have no TV. And so you're sitting in a home. There's no electricity. There's no restaurants open. There's no gas. And you're freezing. And you're bored out of your mind. So I, I, I said, let me get a generator. Let me. I know we're going to come to a quick break. How do we reach you? Well, I'm at uh, Honig Conti Perino. Uh, we're on 27th Street in Manhattan. Um, our office, uh, we're you know we're we're there more than we're not. Uh, you can check our website. We have two websites. The first one is coopinsurance.com, and the other one is honigconti.com. Coop I hope you'll come on again. Okay, Scotty, so anytime you want I me, I'm there. I would love you to come on. We just touched the surface. And we're getting into Great. that season now. Thank you so much. Oh, thank okay, you. Thank you Enjoy so much. You'll be, thank you, too. You have a great weekend. Gosh, there's so much to know. Yeah. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. And this was kind of an intense... Yeah. Uh, it was. You know, this was really intense. We had two, uh, the credit, but even the hurricane was intense. And I'm learning a lot. I and I, as I said, I grew intently. up and I yeah. lived in, in that kind of area. Ace was telling me that he has a home in an area like that. Yeah. And the last hurricane we had, what would you tell me? You got yeah. nothing. So I, I have a home, an investment property at um, Arvin by the Sea. It's right near uh, Far Rockaway Beach. It's, it's a block away. Um, Hurricane Sandy came, and I had insurance, but I didn't have the right coverage. So because it was it, it was an investment property, I it wasn't my primary. I didn't get help from FEMA, and then I ended up paying thirty thousand dollars to fix the basement uh, myself. And that was a that, that's why when Mike was on the on on the show, I was listening very intently. So uh, no, re- it's really really good information. Yeah, and and so really. Um we're going to try to get him back. It was like intense, and I know you know. I say let's intense. do it in pieces. <laughs> um, oh, I say um, I'm I'm thinking. I don't even know what my home is. I, I'm not sure what my home was. Insurance says, uh, call us though at eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. You're listening to Iron Real Estate, and we try to bring you information uh, because information is knowledge is power. It's money, and so knowledge many is times. Power. We get busy in our lives, and we just don't. And I'm the first culprit to say that I just don't take the time to do the stuff for me. I give the advice, but I sometimes don't do it myself. And all of a sudden, one day, you have a disaster, and it costs you a ton of money, and you and you knew better, and you just didn't take the time to do it. Uh, but with with wind and homeowners insurance, I know with the last hurricane, we had so many people really. Uh, didn't really have the right insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, you'll be, you're the one who makes the decision on how much insurance you need, but you should at least know what you're covered for, and then you make the decision whether you think you should, uh, whether you should take the insurance out or not. So I had uh, somebody ask me a, a couple of questions, um, this was my windows rattle in my apartment. I asked the super and he said there was nothing he could do. It's an old building and I should stick newspapers in it. What's your advice? Is this a legal issue? Well, hmm. I don't really think it's a legal issue. I'm not an attorney. Jerry's not here. But my guess is 
I think I'm pretty safe at saying no. If you live in an old building and your windows rattle, <laughs> then you, you know. change the windows. Yeah. So, uh, but they're not going to. Uh, I don't know what to tell you to do if they rattle. <laughs> I don't know a remedy. If anyone uh, has rattling windows and they kind of have a remedy to help rattling windows, please please call in to the show because we all share and sometimes people do have remedies. Uh, I don't have one. I don't know. Maybe you put some of those uh, where they put the cracks, where they put like a... They have like those things that you can buy in Home Depot to kind of fill in the cracks. Yeah, but if anybody anybody knows uh, of a remedy, please just just call us. Call in because that's... what we'd like to do in the show, share. It's 866-970-9622. Uh, dear Dottie, I live in a big condo building and the board has 14 members. Three of them are on a committee to upgrade and beautiful, beautify, I guess, the building, the lobby and the building. None of them have any design skills. <laughs> but they chose a wallpaper for the lobby that's, I guess, garish or ugly to them. So uh, at least this person, I think it affects the prices at all. I think it affects prices of all the apartments in the building. What do I do? I would contact them and give them some referrals. Well, what they're saying is the committee probably doesn't know they have bad taste. Yeah. Well, first of all, to your question, if the lobby is going to get redone and it's a lot of money and it's money that the people are spending, it does affect the value. People walk into a building and it gives them a first impression. I don't know that I would insult them because they might get upset. So you really can't say you guys don't even know what you're doing (laughs) um, and you have bad taste. But what you might say is, look, this is a major this is a major money maker for anyone when they sell their apartment because the lobby, the lobby is what the first thing that people see. So why don't we just get a couple of estimates and uh, see what they, they want to charge and see what they recommend. Uh, and if you still want to do the lobby yourself, then you can, but it might be less than you think because you still have to buy the supplies. And maybe we could get somebody that'll do give us the advice for free as long as you buy the supplies because you're still going to buy the supplies. Yeah. That's kind of how I would do it. Uh, and everyone has different taste. So you kind of want to do the lobby in a taste that's, uh, how can I put it? That, that most people will... Will like. I mean, that that's not too so, so, something that's neutral. Yeah, something that's a, that's a good way to say it. You know, something that's definitely neutral. Yeah. Okay. Now, somebody had asked me a question, and I think this is important. A lot of people now, and really, if you look around, and you, if people do this for a living, I've seen people make a ton of money. They do it for a living. Uh, they buy, fix up. Mm-hmm. and whole properties. So someone had asked me a question. I'm thinking of buying a building with friends. What do you think about that idea? And uh, hmm. That's a tough one. Yes. Okay. And I guess there's no answer. Uh, I think the Brick Underground, though, uh, wrote an article about something of that sort. That I, Because really, you don't want to ruin a friendship. Yeah. and. When you're going to buy, whether it's a home or a building with someone, that's your partner. Yeah. It's like you're married to them. And, and, and there's a lot of components, right? Who's, who's taking the financing? Who's putting in the cash? 
you know, who's doing the fix, the fixing. I mean, there's so many different variables. Well, yeah, and you really have to sit down and really talk. And friends, may they may be your best friend, mm-hmm. but they might not be good partners. Yeah. Okay, so just because they're your friends, uh, being good friends with someone, living with them is completely different uh, than maybe them being a good partner. And in, I, I think it's harder than with a friend, than at least a partner, it's business. Definitely. You know, this is business, yeah. and it's a business transaction. You're buying this apartment. You're buying this building. You're buying this for business. The numbers have to work, and it's, and it's kind of spelled out. I tend to see with friends it's a lot looser. Yeah. Uh, so I would be very careful of going. I mean, I'll, people ask me all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, Daddy, I, I actually had a friend that invested with another friend, and um, there was a time period where they didn't have a renter to rent the apartment. One friend wanted to keep his credit great. The other friend just stopped paying. So now, if you're the person that cares about the credit, what are you going to do when the other partner doesn't want to pay, right? So he had a whole issue with the other partner. They didn't become friends anymore, and he ended up paying his half and ended up splitting the money after he sold. But yes. that was a big strain on their relationship. So Yeah. Now, you need to, even if it's a friend, whether it's friend or business, you need to get as much in writing yeah. uh, as possible because people... Uh, in People don't remember what they said. And I even see it in regular life. Someone said, oh, well, you, you said that a year ago to me. I said, well, no, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you change one word, it sounds like something different. And it's people the way they want to remember things sometimes. And sometimes it's hard to remember exactly what you said. So, so you really need to get an attorney. You really need to treat it like it's a business. Uh, if you are going to do it with a friend, you have to forget your friendship and say, look, this is our friendship on the right side. Here's the left side. This is business. We're going to get an attorney. We're going to spell everything out. What if one person doesn't have the money? What if one doesn't want to get out? Um, I, I really, if Jerry were here, um, maybe next week he can elaborate that on more. But I really would not ever do an agreement with a friend with not having an attorney involved and really having everything just spelled out. And financing, that's key. Because a lot of people don't realize, uh, you know, what happens if you don't rent it? Or yeah. you miscalculate how much money you have to put in to fix it. Uh, what's their co-borrower's financial picture? What if you make a deal with them and then you find out they don't have any cre- their credit's bad and now your <laughs> interest rate's going to be a lot higher? Uh, these are kind of things that you really want to know beforehand. And it's not, you know, you'd have to say, listen, Ace. <laughs> We're good friends, but your credit is really bad, okay? And if I use my credit and we both own this, and then it's going to affect your yeah. credit. It's going to affect my credit also. Definitely. So there's just a lot of things. It's a very detailed subject. My only advice to the person that asked me that, before you go in with a friend, go to an attorney, get it spelled out, get what you're going to do with it. Is it going to be rented? Who determines how much rent? I mean, it's very complicated, and it takes a long time. And uh, just don't, go, just be very careful, and do not try to do this on your own. Yes, that's my advice. I have a couple of calls. Uh, you're listening to I Am Real Estate. I have Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Donnie. How are you? Fine. And I, I think 
You can start your question, but I have a feeling I'm going to get a break in two seconds. So start it, and then you'll just wait for the uh, commercial and then come back. What? How can we help you? Sure. I was curious about, I was looking at a property that's on the coast, and I was curious if there's any obligation from the homeowner or the real estate broker to tell you about any pre-existing damage that may have happened from a storm or from a flood. Well, they're supposed to tell you about damage. I mean, you know, a a homeowner and the broker should tell you uh, any damage that they have if they know it. Um, If they, but I would never buy property even if they told me that I wouldn't have an engineer's report done. I would want to know from a professional. Engineer's home inspection. Yeah, a home inspection. Michael, just hold on. I think this break is coming out. I'll finish this right after this. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're on the phone with Michael, and I think Michael's question was that uh, if he's thinking of buying coastal property, uh, does the does the seller and the real estate broker have a, a right to disclose? Well, yes, they do. If they know something's wrong and they should know something's wrong, they should disclose it to you. Um, by not disclosing, you know, that's against the law. But even disclosing it, there might be damages that they don't know or hidden damages that haven't come out yet. And it's not a whole lot of money. I wouldn't buy any apartment on the coast, not on the coast. Uh, I wouldn't buy any home without having a home inspection. I just my advice, Michael. Um, Great. Okay, and Thank then you. let me give you one other thing. When if you do get a home inspector on anything you buy, besides that, he's going to write a report for you, which will look scary because they just write them scary. Ask that you meet him and and go through the house or the property with the home inspector, and as he's going along. Have him tell you, okay, so the roof, well, okay, what's that going to cost? Does it need a new roof or is it just a few shingles? Let him tell you basically the cost of, because any house that's not new is going to have things. Mm -hmm. So you want to know the cost. And then I would ask this question for the age of the house, how does it stack up? But I would definitely also, if you can, go there and, and meet the inspector and go through the house with him yourself. And get the written report also. Okay. It doesn't cost any more money for that. Okay, Michael, have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Okay. Janet from New York City. Hi, Janet. Hi. Good morning, Dottie. Love your show. Oh, thank Quick you. Quick question. Sure. Uh, selling uh, a home in uh, Palm Beach County, uh, do we need to have mortgage insurance as the seller? In Palm Beach, you mean in Florida? You're in Palm yes. Beach in Florida? Do you need mortgage insurance? Do you mean to ensure that you're paying the mortgage? I don't I don't understand well, why. No, well, we, we, are you buying we're or you're selling? selling our, we, no, we're, we're the seller. <clears throat> okay. And we were told that we, as the seller in Palm Beach County, 
should have mortgage insurance. We've never heard of that. We live here in New York, and and I said, well, let me call Dottie and ask her, you know, if if that's what we should be doing. Well, Jana, you call me? Um, If you listen next week, I'll have an answer for you. I never heard of it. It doesn't even make sense to me because you're not taking out the mortgage. The person is. Right. But there could be something right. that I don't know about in Florida that I don't know, but I it sounds odd. But if you listen next week, I'll make sure to answer that question. Um, I don't. Okay, great. It, Thank it, you. I've never heard of it, but I'll find out for you. Thanks, Shannon. Have a great weekend. I've either, but... No, you do the same. Stay safe out there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We all need to stay safe. Uh, we really do. I just had a friend. Uh, one of my good friends' was father was uh, run over by a car, an SUV, uh, in New York City two nights ago. And I don't know that it was anyone's fault. It's just uh, he's dead. So you've got to be safe and you've got to make sure you're when you're walking across the street, make sure that, you know, if you don't, sometimes it's dark and you can't see somebody, so take precautions. And if you're driving, don't drive so quick. So anyhow, anyhow I, 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 I will find out. I never, I never heard of that, but, you know, I don't want to speak Sorry. for Palm Beach yeah. County. Yep. I don't know that I'm going to get into finish this. But I have a lot of topics that I want to get into, but I don't think I'm going to have time to finish so I'm going to have to do them. And next week, by the way, the show is only an hour. So make sure you tune in at 10 o'clock. And uh, it will be to 11. Ace, I had a question yeah. for you. What do I do? I am having buyer's remorse about co-signing a mortgage. I was wondering hmm. what legal action could be taken if the person living in the home is on the home title but not on the mortgage loan. I recently helped my mother-in-law refinance to bring her monthly mortgage payment down. And due to recent events, I now fear she'll either be late on payments or skip payments entirely. Help. Well, you know what? If you've you've already co-signed, it's a little (laughs) too late. Um, So, you know, that's something I I think it's a great question. People should think about that before they're co-signing. And a lot of times um, it happens with family members, right? So... Um, it's 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 a tough tough decision, tough choice, but um, uh, you really have to consider that because the only way to get yourself out of a mortgage is to refinance. But then you'll have to depend on the person that's actually living in the property to qualify on their own, and most likely. Well, re- right. In yeah, other words, if the mother-in-law wanted to take could her refinance off. the loan again and only have her name on Correct. it, then she could do then that. But do my that. guess is, but if she's is- worried that her mother-in-law isn't making payments today. You well, know how how doesn't is she? Look like she doesn't look like she's, <laughs> uh, you know. So yeah, but, so um, she probably will be not being able to do that. Correct, correct. So. What about? Uh, well, then you, maybe you, you. You know what? I again, I don't want to. This is not advice. You know, this is just kind of anybody's advice because it's your mother-in-law, so you don't want to have your wife hate you mm-hmm. or your husband. But truthfully, then you might have to say. We can't. I can't afford to take it on by myself, and we're going to have to sell it. Maybe sell, yeah. Uh, you could have a mother-in-law pay your monthly mortgage payments, but uh, now if she just stops paying, you're liable, right? You are if you're in the mortgage, yes, and your credit will be affected. So, Ace, as well. what advice would you give our listeners yeah. on? Uh, 
what advice would you give our listeners as far as what they should look out before they co-sign? Or it could be your parent. Uh, you know, a parent may be co-signing for their child or a family member saying, you know, listen, can you help me yeah. out? I, that's that's a great question. And, you, you know, we, we see it all the time, right? And, and, and I always tell everyone, if you're looking to co-sign, understand the person that you're co-signing with. You know, so maybe do, do the same due diligence that a bank would do on yourself. So you would want to see, you know, their um, their lifestyle, number one, but more importantly, their credit, their, you know, their income, their job, because just because they're family members, you, you sort of need to understand the skeletons in the closet, sort of say, and, and really understand their whole financial picture um, to be to be reassured that, you know, you're co-signing with someone that's responsible because, you know, that's that's something. That's- and then remember, if it's like a child or a family member, uh, let's just say they are not there. They decide because I mean, I hate to say this, but sometimes they think, well, this is my mother, or this is my father, or this is my sister, and they can kind of try to take advantage a little bit. And then it's really hard when it's a relative. Again, you come into that fact, like, how do you tell, yeah. oh, well, I'm going to throw you out of the house. You can't. <laughs> well, you can, you but, can, but it, it's tough. Yeah. So what would you recommend? Let's say, uh, let's say that parents want to help their child. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have it all the time. Yeah, all the time. And the parents need that the, they're going to co-sign because the kids yeah. need a little more income to show. Yeah. Is there anything that you can think of? Is there a way, other any other ways to skin the cat, or that you can? I shouldn't say skin the cat. I don't want to hurt animals. Uh, is there any other ways that you could think? Well, I think other than maybe write a provision ahead of time. It's like I think, and I don't know if I could pull the trigger either. But I think what I would say is, look, I'm co-signing. Now you have to worry about their credit. You do. You do. And let's say they're single or they just got married or they have a a, a spouse. You have to worry about that person's credit also. Yeah. Most okay. parents that are co-signing for the kids, though, they're already expecting that worst-case scenario, if the kids don't pay, that they'll be responsible for the mortgage, you know? So, so okay, I think uh, Ace gives the best <laughs> advice. Um, be prepared for be the prepared worst for the and worst. make sure you can yeah. cover it. And hopefully you won't have that happen exactly. and you have responsible children. Uh, but if you're if you're worried at all, because it's going to affect your credit too, uh, so or maybe what you do is buy it yourself, yeah, and and have some kind of agreement where they pay you so much every month. Like uh, how about you know one day we'll do a show on it, rent a buy a, a rent buy where you you you're basically renting it from them. Your children you buy the house, let your children rent it from you, and. There's you know a way that they pay a certain amount and over yeah. time they end up with the house. That's, I mean that's that's actually not a bad idea, Dottie. That's actually a really good idea. Well, I mean you know the co-signer who is really financially stable will should buy the well, home and then rent it yeah. out. It's happened to me so many times and I people are never paying me back. And it's, I and I, I, I kind of know it and they come to my house and I like and I. And I recently, uh, and I don't want to mention the name, but I recently had uh, somebody who worked for me who's much older, and uh, I felt bad. I was, I just felt bad, and I saw how she was living, and I knew she loved to live in this place, and I just gave her the money. And I really never, she's done so much for me, and I never forget people who helped me out. When I first came to Douglas Elliman, she was so experienced. She knew everything, and she took me by the wing, and she was just there 
really helping me with every single thing. Matter of fact, I had such a great experience with Douglas Elliman agents. They were just wonderful to me when I... And so I never thought that I'd ever say it. She's you know, in our twilight years. And she was so proud. When we had our awards, mm-hmm. you know, Douglas Elliman does a big awards thing and everything. Her daughter made sure she came. She said, my mother really wants to be here. And she couldn't wait. Wow. She put a check in my hand and said, I bet she had never thought I would pay you back. She said, but there was no way. I told you I would and I would. And she was just beaming with pride and happiness. That, that must she be such did. an and amazing feeling. Yeah, oh. it is. I think we're coming to a close of a show. I think there was a lot. We learned yeah. a lot. I've learned, learned a, lot a lot today. And I want to wish everyone a great weekend. And remember, next week's show, only an hour. Only so an hour. tune in early, 10 o'clock to 11, and we'll be back next week. Have a great week. Great, happy, and safe. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.